the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview, and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. Today we're going to finish our discussion about Israel as a tribute to Yom Ha'atzmaut, which is the celebration of Israel's independence the 71st birthday of the modern era of Israel celebrates the faithfulness of God for thousands of years. Let's begin with a time of prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King, we thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. You are a God who promises and then you perform it. We thank you for that. We thank you that we can trust in you, We thank you, Lord, that you are on the throne. And so, Father, direct us, guide us, fill us. Let us really see the power of your Spirit working in our lives that we could truly be disciples of the living God. Help us to learn, but help us to be humble. Help us to... Truly walk in your ways and hear your voice. So, Father, we thank you, we praise you, and worship you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, it's good to be here again, and uh, what a blessing it is. I just mentioned to you that um, if you would like to uh, get the outline that I've worked with uh, for Israel's Independence Day, feel free to call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know, I mentioned um, that our uh, finances are not the way they should be for this program, so if you'd like to help us out, we would appreciate that uh, as well. So I'd like to begin uh, our program with the counting of the Omer, as we've done for the past few weeks, because that's the season we're in, right? Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlom, Asher Kedishanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who has set us apart by your commandments and has commanded us to count the Omer. 
Today is the first day of the sixth week, and day number 36, I have counted the Omer. So the scripture for today is from Philippians 2, 2 through 4. Then make my joy complete by being of the same mind, having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose. Do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves, looking out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. And as I'm going to try and point out a little later on when we talk about Israel, I believe that even though this is a new covenant scripture, that Israel has definitely done this in their short history, meaning their modern day history. Okay, continuing on. The thought is the scripture above shows us that the love looks like something, right? Uh, It isn't just something warm and fuzzy. I love this quote from Martin Luther King Jr. He said, first, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Hmm, right? Something to think about, yes? Consider writing a list of what love looks like to you. Rate yourself on how well you do with each area of love on your list. Okay, so that's the counting of the Omer for today. Last week, we were talking about the War of Independence in Israel. We got up to 1948, right? The war, just as we talked about love just a couple moments ago in the counting of the Omer, Israelis tried to show love to the Arabs living in Israel by asking them to stay and become co-laborers and citizens of a newly formed land. Unfortunately, most Arabs left Israel because the Arab leaders, like the Grand Mufti, who was actually a former, uh, an, an ally of Hitler, he told the Arab people to withdraw from the land and let the Arab armies drive the Jews into the sea. However, as you know, they did not win. And Israel won, and Israel was not driven into the sea. Look, there is an overwhelming body of evidence from all sorts of Arab, Jewish, British, American sources to prove that far from seeking to drive out the Arabs, the Jewish Jewish authorities went to considerable lengths to convince them to stay. As an example, in Haifa, during that fighting in April of 48, the Haganah's truce term stipulated that Arabs were expected to carry on their work of equal and free citizens of Haifa. Not all of the Arabs left. Many stayed. They became Israeli Arab citizens. So Israel is now about 20% Arab. Okay? Israel's proclamation of independence even issued in May 14th, 1948, 
again invited Arabs to remain in their homes and become equal citizens in this new state. So let let me quote from this uh, article here from from the Proclamation of Independence. In the midst of wanton aggression, we yet call upon the Arab inhabitants of the state of Israel to preserve the ways of peace and play their part in the development of the state on the basis of full and equal citizenship and due representation in all its bodies and institutions. We extend our hand in peace and neighborlessness to all neighboring states and their peoples and invite them to cooperate with the independent Jewish nation for the common good of all. Now, isn't this what love looks like? Isn't this what preferring somebody else over yourself looks like? However, unfortunately, through the years, the Arab countries surrounding Israel kept wanting Israel to be gone from the Middle East. Like in 1956, the Suez Canal crisis, the Egyptian president, then President Nasser, nationalized the canal and so kind of initiated the Suez crisis. And the Suez Canal was closed from October 56 to 57. So Israel fulfilled some of its objectives, such as attaining freedom of the navigation through the Straits of Tehran, which Egypt had blocked to Israel's shipping since 1950. Okay? We see in 1967 a six-day war where the Egyptian plot to uh, destroy Israel backfired when Israel struck first, destroying the forces of Egypt, Jordan, and Syria, and taking uh, land on the West Bank and uh, Arab sector of, of East Jerusalem and uh, the Sinai Peninsula and the Golan Heights of Syria. Um, by the time the United Nations ceasefire took effect, Israel had doubled their size in 1967 in that war. In 1973, there was the Yom Kippur War, and this was uh, uh, hoping to win back territory lost to Israel. Uh, Egypt and Syria uh, launched a coordinated attack on Israel during Yom Kippur, the holiest day on the Jewish calendar. But again, um, they lost. In 1982, there was a, a land for peace agreement. Israel would withdraw from the Sinai, and Egypt would recognize them and give them peace. Well, let me tell you what Israel gave up. They gave up uh, towns that they had formed, they gave up a hospital, they gave up, uh, you know, uh, uh, like an airport area, they gave up oil. They have no oil in their country. They were getting oil out of the Sinai. All of this, they they gave it up for peace. And then in 2005, once again, they gave up land for peace. Israel withdrew from the Gaza completely, and uh, as you know, 
there has been no peace since then uh, as Hamas has kind of taken over that area and and they send missiles in from Gaza all the time. But at any rate, Israel tried it and it unfortunately didn't work. In 2006, we have um, the second Lebanon war, which was a military conflict and, you know, kind of resolved, I guess, when everybody got tired of 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 fighting. Look, I one of the things I saw when I was doing some research about Israel, and I can't verify this to be true, but it sounds true, and it certainly was interesting. It said, during its long history, Jerusalem has been attacked 52 times. Wow. Is that amazing? Captured and recaptured 44 times, besieged 23 times, and destroyed twice. Wow. I wonder if there's any other city in, in history that has had that kind of uh, experience. But at this time, I'd like to talk to you about God's faithfulness through Israel, how, how we see this. Uh, I often talk about Israel and, and how it shows the faithfulness of God. Let's take a look at some scriptures, uh, just a couple, that strengthen our understanding of God's faithfulness. In Deuteronomy 32.21, it says, They made me jealous with a non-God. They vexed me with airy idols. So, meaning the the Jewish people. So I will make them, the Jewish people, jealous with a non-people. With a foolish nation, I will vex them. Okay, so who is a non-nation that they're going to uh, do that with, make them jealous? And to me, it would have to be Christians. They're a non-nation, right? They're a people, but they're not a nation. And so I, I believe this is what it's talking about. It's repeated in Romans eleven eleven. I say then, they did not stumble, stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. By their false step, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. And then in Ephesians 2, 15 and 16, he says he did this in order to create with himself one new man with the two groups making shalom and to reconcile both to God in one body through the cross by which he put the hostility to death. So, yes, Yeshua came to atone for our sins and and grant us eternal life. However, Yeshua also came to make two groups one. Now, who are these two groups? I believe Christians and Messianic Jews, because through Yeshua, they become one. Yeshua came to bring reconciliation, and we didn't even know we needed reconciliation. (laughs) He died so that you and I could be one. John 17, 20 and 21, I pray not on behalf of 
these only, meaning the Jewish disciples, but also for those who believe in me through their message, that they all may be one. In other words, those who come later. Just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you, so also may they be one in us, so the world may believe that you sent me. So when we complete this plan of reconciliation between Christian and Messianic Jew, people in the world will see Yeshua as the Messiah, and there will be a worldwide revival. That's what I believe. Look, God's faithfulness is amazing. God promised the land of Israel to his chosen people 4,000 years ago. (laughs) So Israel's back in the land. Uh, It's amazing. God promised that a non-people would make Israel jealous. He promised that 3,000 years ago. God promised that the two would become one. He promised that 2,000 years ago. And actually, that was the beginning of the Messianic movement. Look, God is faithful. He makes a way. He sends people to make a difference in the world, uh, to right the wrongs of past generations. He uses people who are believers. He uses people who are not believers. Look, in uh, let me give you a historical Example, in the late 1800s, a movement of Russian Jews began a movement back to Israel. It was called the First Aliyah, which means to go up. During the same time, God raises up a Jew named Theodore Herzl. How many of you have heard his name? Probably many of you, if you know Israeli history. Uh, He was an Austrian-Hungarian secular Jew, lawyer, journalist, playwright, Uh, political activist, but what he was known for was the father of modern Zionism. Zionism meaning the reestablishment and now the development and protection of a Jewish nation, which is now called Israel. Known as the father of the state of Israel, he died even before it was formed. But he wrote uh, something called the Jewish State and started a first Zionist Congress in 1897. Now, how many of you have heard the name Reverend William Heckler? Probably very few. I hadn't been aware of him until a few years ago. Um, One Jewish magazine article subtitled the article, The Christian Minister Who Legitimized Theodore Herzl. That tells you a lot about William Heckler. He was born in India, 1845, German-Anglican missionary father, Um, William's education exposed him to something called evangelical restorationism. So what this is, the central belief of this is that the second coming of Yeshua would occur after the Jews were restored to Palestine or Israel. Heckler's faith did not require that the Jews had to convert Uh, before restoration. However, it did lead him to have a real interest in Jewish people, Jewish concerns, and Palestine. So in 1893, he published the restoration of Jews to Palestine according to the prophecy. And uh, he said that Jewish people would start seeing salvations in the late 1800s. And just as that happened, uh, Leopold Kahn, a Hungarian immigrant, became a Jewish believer in Yeshua 
in the United States, founded the Brownsville Mission to the Jews, American Board of Mission to the Jews, Chosen People, which became Chosen People, and even Moish Rosen, who started Jews for Jesus in the early 70s, was with him. So we see the seeds of a Jewish revival beginning in the late 1800s. And um, so one day he was walking by a bookstore. He saw Theodore Herzl's book, The Jewish State. He sought out Herzl. They collaborated together. And uh, Herzl's vision was very secular, right? Not, nothing about God. But Heckler's vision was very scriptural. He was able to introduce Herzl also to many of the leaders. And we see that if you look at Romans 11.25 and Luke 21.24, these are some of the scriptures that uh, Heckler used to understand uh, God's end-time plan. So let's consider for a moment this. Heckler, a devout Christian. Herzl, a secular Jew. They come together to be the force responsible for the birth of the state of Israel. So I'm talking about this because of celebrating 71 years of the birth of Israel. But there are some questions that should come out of this really peculiar union of Heckler and Herzl. You know, I bet there were people who said to both of them, don't trust the other guy. (laughs) Or how about Christian friends who started taking scripture and saying, you know, you shouldn't be unequally yoked. Uh, Or other uh, Christian friends who might have said, you know, the church is the new Israel. Or just maybe everybody said, guys, you're crazy. This will never work. Or how about Jewish friends saying, you know, that Christians are anti-Semitic. Don't, you know? Today we think we have everything figured out as to what Scripture says and what God's will is. Based on what we know, would we have backed these two men? Or would we have agreed with probably the crowd that said, this is crazy? And for many reasons, we would probably have Scripture to disagree with them. Even with all that God has given us the Bible, God surprises his people through Scripture, and I believe he has many more surprises to come. We need to be strong in our faith. We also need to be humble in our faith. There's so many Scriptures on humility. Uh, 1 Corinthians 8.1 says, Now concerning idle sacrifices, we know that all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up and so on. You can read all the other scriptures concerning this. Uh, I mean, don't put God in a box. He's faithful. He is God, but he doesn't necessarily do things the way we expect it, right? Seek to look at his entire scripture. Be ready for surprises, and who knows? God might decide to use you. He might decide to use me or Shoresh David Messianic Synagogue, or the Messianic Movement. We don't know everything that God wants to do. We just study his words, seek his face, be ready. So let us close in thankfulness as God is faithful. He has restored his people, Israel, and will restore his people 
to himself. Are you ready to be used by God for that purpose? You know what? We've got to end the show today. We have an important new subject next week. You just have to come back to see what it is. We didn't get to talk about Israel inventions or God has blessed this country with amazing favor. So if you'd be interested in a couple of articles about that, like the 44 top inventions that come out of Israel or everything you wanted to know about Israel at age 71, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Again, consider visiting Shoresh David congregations. We have four of them. Consider supporting this program financially and ask also in your churches to see if we can come and speak at your churches. Well, may the Lord be your first priority, and may you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Join me as we close in prayer. Abba, Father, Teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Lion of Judah. God of Israel Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.